Welcome back to uh, another edition of the Boilers Extra podcast as we uh, bring you another preview of Saturday night's uh, Purdue TCU game at Ross Aid Stadium, kickoff at 7.30. Thought that uh, we'd give you uh, an opportunity to kill some time uh, during the day on Saturday and uh, bring you maybe three things to watch in uh, Saturday night's game. Um as this is shaping up to be a, a big game for Purdue and one where they uh, they're going to be shorthanded to some extent, but how much they'll be shorthanded still remains to be seen. But uh, we'll we'll get to that uh, in a moment. But just uh, as we get things going, you know, three things to watch uh, for Saturday's game. Uh, first of all, would be the defense for Purdue. You, you know they're going to be without Marcus Bailey. He's done for the year after uh, the ace, uh, after the knee injury suffered earlier uh, this week in practice. Um, so he he will not play. He'll be replaced by Cornell Jones. Uh, Jones has played. He started 12 games last year. Uh, has he played he played last week in the uh, victory over Vanderbilt. Got in at the end of the game uh, against Nevada. I think he's uh, ready. Uh, to take on a bigger role um, this year. I think he's been uh, wanting to play more. He just hasn't had the opportunity yet, and, and now is it's it's his time. He'll be teamed with uh, w- with Ben Holt uh, at the linebacker core, especially when uh, Purdue plays its uh, nickel package. And right now, uh, through two games, uh, Purdue's nickel package, I, I think, has been the strength of its, uh, of its defense uh, so far. Now, the, the numbers are not great, but uh, you know I think that formation, at least right now, has given Purdue the best the best chance uh, to win. And you know you just have to to face it. This is not going to be the same defense uh, that that we've seen the first two weeks. And in in some regards, that's that could be good because there hasn't been uh, when you go to the Nevada game. You know the last quarter was not the not the best performance for uh, the Boilermaker defense, but even going back to, to last year, because you know you're taking a guy like Marcus Bailey off the field, and Purdue just doesn't have anybody to replace Marcus Bailey uh, at, at that level. Uh, now Cordell Jones is the next next man up and probably the most qualified guy to to step into that role, but you know this defense is gonna gonna be different, and uh, you know guys around. Uh, that defense need to step up and play, and uh, for for this team uh, to be successful. Because if you if you look at the current state of Purdue's defense, you're taking Marcus Bailey off the field, which you know I think everyone agrees that he will be an NFL draft pick next year. That was certainly the case before the injury, and probably still holds true, uh, uh, you know, after his knee injury. But also, you're not going to have Lorenzo Neal, and you haven't had Lorenzo Neal uh, for those first two games. So you're playing without Lorenzo Neal. You're playing without Marcus Bailey, two guys that probably are NFL draft picks. And in a program like Purdue, that's that's a huge deal because you're not replacing them with NFL draft picks. So uh, that's where the coaching part of it, the scheming part of it, and just the, the flat-out execution really has to be at a high level. Uh, for the for this defense to to play well, uh, the second thing uh, you know I think to watch on on Saturday uh, obviously has to deal with Purdue's quarterbacks. You know who's going to be the starter, who's going to play. You know uh, Jeff Brom told us uh, Thursday that uh, Sindlar Elijah Sindlar was still in the concussion protocol, uh, but he he had been practicing on Wednesday. 
at least the the periods that uh, we were able to watch. Don't know about Thursday because uh, we're not permitted to watch practice, and he didn't practice on Tuesday. He suffered a concussion last week against Vanderbilt. Uh, but that, you know, I, I think this is a game that Purdue needs Sindelar to play if he if he can, and if the doctors clear him to play, I would I would assume he he will play. Um, but they need I think they need his experience uh, in this game against uh, a really you know at least on paper and somewhat on reputation uh, a tough TCU defense. Uh, it's going to be the quickest defense that Purdue has faced so far this season. You know they they slant a lot. Uh, they they bring different schemes. They they take different angles than than other teams uh, do. And it's a it's a scheme that has worked really really well for Gary Patterson over the years. And you know they brought back five starters from from last year's team. And even though they have some holes to fill, usually they do a really good job in recruiting and getting guys ready to play uh, from from the very uh, get go. So, you know, I would expect this defense, maybe it may not be the best TCU defense that they've had, probably won't be, but it's going to be the best defense Purdue has faced uh, this year. And I think having an experienced quarterback uh, running the show uh, can, can only help uh, Purdue uh, in this situation. You know, I think Jack Plummer, uh, when he does get a chance to play, and that might be, that might be Saturday, you know, I think he's He's going to have a, a good career at Purdue. I just don't know if it's going to start on Saturday uh, against a really, uh, you know, kind of a tough assignment with TCU. But when you look down the line of Purdue's schedule, there's not really a, you know, a good team for Jack Plummer to get his first start against because you're getting into Big Ten play after this. You know, Minnesota walloped Purdue last year. Uh, do you want him making the first start against the Gophers? Do you want him making the first start, uh, his first career start at Penn State? Do you want him uh, to start against Maryland and so on and so forth? You know, at some point he's gonna he's gonna play, and we're gonna see what what Jack Plummer's all about in game situations. What we've seen in practice is extremely positive. Uh, he gets the ball off his hands quick, um, and he, he you know he would have the same receivers as. Um, you know, Elijah Sindelar would, uh, but, you know, I think you, you would prefer to have that experience of Sindelar, uh, of, of playing and being in, you know, that type of game. Um, but you know, it's going to be up to the medical people to determine whether, whether we'll see that or not. And if it is Jack Plummer, you know, you just, you just kind of have to roll with it. It'd be nice if Purdue had shown, uh, some ability to run the ball, to take some pressure off of him, but, you know, as as I've written a lot and as I've said a lot, right now the strength of this team is the passing game, and you don't need to force feed something that's not there. And I think Jeff Brom's kind of taken that attitude where you know, get the ball to Rondell Moore, get the ball to David Bell, uh, get the ball to the tight ends um, as much as possible, and let those guys do the work and and lean on your strength, and then. At some point this year, you, you bring back uh, the running game. And the third thing to watch is just kind of the overall health of the team. We, you know, we've talked about it a little bit. Marcus, is, Marcus Bailey is done for the year. No Lorenzo Neal. And, you know, we've gone through the quarterback situation, but just did some quick math here of, you know, there's a chance that, you know, Matt McCann doesn't play. He's your most experienced offensive lineman. And you go through Jared Sparks, which I don't anticipate playing, 
uh, because I'm not sure he practiced uh, this week. You know, then you have Sindelar, and then Bryson Hopkins, who I think was extremely limited in practice this week, if if he did practice at all. You know, Tario Fuller's already out. Then you go on the defensive side with Marcus Bailey and Lorenzo Neal. Quick math on that is if all those guys didn't play, you'd be losing 142 career starts combined uh, between those players. And th- that's a tough thing for Purdue's football program to overcome. It just really is. I-, I don't think all those guys will be out. I mean, we know for sure Bailey is out. We know for sure that Neal won't play. You know, the guys on the offensive side uh, are, the, are the big question marks and whether they can – whether they can play on Saturday or not. But just think about it, 142 career starts uh, not on the field uh, for Purdue from guys that you you were counting on uh, all year um, to play. And now you're down Bailey. He won't he won't play again this season. Uh, don't know when Neal will get back, if, if at all. And then, you know, the guys on the offensive side, even if they don't play on Saturday, you would anticipate them. Um, playing at some point this year, maybe with the, the week off after Saturday's game, you would get most of those uh, most of those guys back. But that, to me, that's a huge number of uh, of experience. That's a big number of experience that wouldn't be on the field. But you know, maybe we get a surprise or two and see see some see some of those guys back there. And I, you know, yeah, the kind of the injuries were the, the third thing to watch, but a 3A type of thing would be, you know, I, I really think special teams probably is going to play a big role uh, in Saturday's game, and I think Purdue's going to need a play on special teams to put it in a position to score or score uh, off a return, uh, whether that be punt or kickoff, um, and also prevent TCU from uh, produ- producing a big play. On, on special teams. I, you know, I think this game could turn on that. I, I think this will probably be a low-scoring game, lower-scoring game than what we've seen the first two weeks uh, from Purdue, um, just because I think TCU is going to try to run the ball. Uh, the, when they win time of possession, and I'm not a big time, time of possession guy, but when they hold on to the ball for more than half the game, they usually win. And, you know, that's their spread attack. That's using a ground game. That's using a clock. Uh, that's getting the defense in space and forcing them to make quick decisions. Uh, so you know, Purdue's defense is really going to have to step up and, and get TCU off the field. You know, Purdue Purdue can score quickly. I don't think there's any question about that. So that's why I don't really, uh, you know, time of possession. It's just not a big deal uh, to me. But it becomes a big deal when the other team's running the ball and running the clock. And, and keeping your offense uh, on the field, so uh, those are those are three plus things <laughs> to watch. And uh, I also have this feeling that uh, David Bell is is primed for uh, kind of a breakout game, whether that comes Saturday against TCU or when they get in the Big Ten play. He just looks more comfortable uh, out there, running his routes, making plays. You know, they really haven't used him to push the ball down the field yet. You know, that might come Saturday if they can get some protection on the offensive line uh, and and, uh, and keep the pocket clean. Uh, but he just he, he looks he just looks a lot smoother in in uh, his route running and uh, his ability to make catches. So, you know, I think David Bell's on the on the doorstep of doing something 
uh, pretty big here this season. Uh, might again, might be Saturday. Might might have to wait till you get in the Big Ten, uh, the Big Ten uh, part of the schedule, just because uh, that's that's just the way it might work. But uh, it, it, it's kind of been on my mind this week that he he might be ready to take uh, that next step. Anyway, that's uh, you know my three things to uh, to look for in uh, Saturday's game. There's obviously a bunch of other things to to, to focus on and concentrate on. Purdue's going to have to. Uh, you know, keep keep an eye on uh, Jalen Rager from 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 TCU, who's been compared to Rondell, or Rondell's been compared to him, depending on uh, the perspective that you're <laughs> you're using. And you know, TCU is going to use two quarterbacks. One can run better than it can throw, and the other one can throw better than than he can run. And uh, that that's obviously something uh, to watch uh, as well. And then you know, the Purdue side, how you know how does the rotation on the defensive line? you know, hold up. Uh, again, it held up well last week and Purdue did a good job of, of stopping the run. Uh, but they've, they've all in stopping the run, they're forcing other teams, they're forcing teams to pass. And that's where they've been able to gain their yards, uh, through the air. Purdue's given up over 700 yards in two games, uh, through the air. And, you know, that's coming off a year where they gave up a lot of, a lot of passing yards, but big adjustments for Purdue without Marcus Bailey, uh, and how how they're going to play defensively, but you do have again you have some experience there with Cornell Jones. You got a lot of experience with Ben Holt, um, and you know I think the linebacker situation probably will will work out fine. There might be some bumps early on in this process, but I think as they get through the year, they'll they'll work they'll work it out. Uh, okay, that's going to do it for the uh, preview uh, d- today. Heading into uh, uh, tonight's game against uh, uh, TCU, uh, hope to be back after the game to give you a post-game podcast and give you a lot to digest after after what happens uh, Saturday night between the Boilermakers and TCU at Ross Eight Stadium. Uh, make sure you check back in later uh, after the game or uh, early Sunday morning, and uh, uh, we'll take it from there. Thank you.